30 seconds. Heavenly Father, thank you that we worship you this morning, the sovereign God, sovereign over our world, sovereign over our lives. Father, thank you that nothing can stop you, nothing can stop your purposes. And Father, thank you that you invite us to be adopted into your family. You invite us to know you as our Heavenly Father. And Father, we thank you that we can celebrate that on this special Father's Day, that we may know your presence with us wherever we are. We may know your fatherly love. We may know your hand upon our lives. Father, that's why we worship you this morning, because we know that you love us and you care for us. You know every detail of our lives. And we bless you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to turn to our Bible reading this morning, and as it's Father's Day, we're taking a break from our series in Luke's Gospel, and uh, we're turning to a passage in Matthew's Gospel this morning. So if you have a Bible handy, you might like to turn to Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be reading the first 15 verses this morning, and uh, Peter Hopgood is our reader this morning, so thank you, Peter.
Thank you, Peter. Today's Father's Day, which should really be every Sunday. Every Sunday should be Father's Day when we come together and celebrate our Father. Obviously not during the current pandemic. But Sunday should be about coming into Father's presence. To allow his presence, his spirit and his love to refresh us, to renew us, to revive us ready to go out and change the world. That's why the Bible encourages us to meet together so that we can build one another up and refresh and renew and help one another. And Jesus came so that we could have access to Father God. All the way through his ministry, he kept pointing back to Father and right at the end when he died, he tore open the curtain in the temple, which was a symbol of being allowed to get through the curtain into the very intimate place, the very holy place with Father God. The place where we can hear and see and be involved. Now in this little passage that Peter has just read, we have, he's mentioned rather the word Father eight times. And his concern in most of what he teaches is more about relationship. It's more about our walk with Father than anything else. Constantly through Jesus' ministry, he kept pointing back to Father. He kept mentioning Father. He didn't say God, or he said Father. It's also an interesting point that when you find a non-Christian, they will never tell you about a Father they don't believe in. They'll tell you about a God they don't believe in. Because they've never had a relationship with a Father. They've never known Father God. So what's Jesus saying in this passage? Very briefly, in verse 1, God doesn't like his children boasting. And most fathers like their, their sons to be humble when they achieve, just to be gracious. Verse 4, Father rewards those who have the right motives. And as a loving father, he loves to reward us. Just like any daddy, he loves to give us gifts. He loves to bless us. Verse 6, Father loves to have intimate times with us. Private times where we can share and talk. One of the most precious memories I had with my children was when we'd walk home from school. And they'd each hold a hand and they would tell me the story of the day. We'd talk, very intimate time, sharing together. Father loves that. Verse 8, we don't need to make any flowery or exotic prayers in order to impress Father. We can just come and be who we are because he knows us for who we really are. Verse 9, we can come and say, Daddy, Abba Father, Daddy God. Verse 14, 15, he wants to forgive us, but he wants us to stop trying to judge others, stop being a judge and carrying unforgiveness, but he says, just forgive them, that Father can forgive you. And that's the overview of this little passage, but I really want to focus just on verse 9, where he starts the Lord's Prayer by saying, Abba Father. 
This is the centre of what the gospel is all about. This is the centre of eternity. A father who wants his children restored to him. Jesus came to show us the way back to the father. The disciples watched him. They watched how he would go aside and talk to father. And in the end they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Not so much how to pray. They knew that. They were Jewish boys. They knew how to stand in the temple and say their prayers. He said, don't do it. Teach us to pray. Teach us the relationship prayers that you have with Father. Teach us that. Because Jesus didn't say, oh, I'm going to give you a magic button. Push the button, say the words, everything happens. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to give you a slot machine where if you put your prayers in and say the right words, out comes the answer. He said, here's some guidelines. Here's some headings. But the most important thing is to say, Abba Father, Daddy, I'm coming to see you. You see, Jews couldn't cope with this concept. Jews at this time were so afraid of blasphemy, they wouldn't even say the name of God. They'd say anything else, but they wouldn't say the name of God. And even today, most Orthodox Jews will not say the name of God. They'll spell the letters out, but they won't say it in case they blaspheme. And so Jesus, in this culture, says, I don't want you to call him the word we can't say. He said, I want you to come and say, Abba, Daddy, Father. And for the Jews, this was such a shock. But it's what God has longed for throughout church history, for men and women to come and say, Daddy, Daddy, you're mine. The first words a Jewish baby will say is Abba. As we would say to our children, Dada, Mama. To a Jew, they'll say Abba, Abba. And when a Jewish baby says Abba, the father says, see, the first word, he knows my name, Abba. And it's not a father, it's a baby's Abba, Daddy. And when a baby's running along, they will put their arms up and say, Abba, Daddy, pick me up. Or they say, Abba, Daddy, can I have something? And it's an intimate child relationship with a precious father. And Jesus said, this is what this prayer is going to be about. It's about talking to Daddy. Daddy. Even on the cross, Jesus used the same word. And he said, Abba, Daddy, please forgive them. Daddy, don't be angry with them. Daddy, they don't understand. They're only Daddy. This wasn't the Father. It was Daddy. Love them. And do you notice that in this prayer, Jesus uses the words our, us, we. He doesn't say me or I. Who's the us? Me, you, and Jesus. And it's together. There's a unity. It's inviting us into relationship together. Jesus is inviting us to join and be sons and daughters of Abba God. And if you like, Jesus is saying, I want to share my daddy with you. By the way, do you notice that all of the aspects of this prayer... Jesus lived out in his ministry. 
He knew what it was to worship God. For example, in the garden, in the middle of all the stress, he says, not my will, but your will be done. He knew what it was to be tempted. Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. He knew what it was to be tempted. He knew what it was to need someone else to meet his needs. Father, meet my needs for today. And does Jesus forget the, forgive the debtors? Of course he does. On that cross, he looks down through history to you and me and he says, I forgive you. I've paid the price. So you are forgiven. So you can come and meet Daddy. So the question we must perhaps ask is, how strong is our walk with Daddy? There was a boy on a school trip once and uh, he was on a coach and he decided he wanted to eat his orange. But he realised that the bin was full, there was nowhere to put the orange peel. And he didn't want just to throw it on the floor, and he was a little bit worried. So, as a Christian, he prayed and said, Father, Daddy, what shall I do about this orange peel? And a little boy tapped him on the shoulder and said, Excuse me, what are you going to do with your orange peel? And he said, oh, I don't know, why? And the little boy said, Can I have it? I like to eat orange peel. And the boy thought, this is strange. He went round the bus. No one else on the bus had ever heard of anyone who wanted to eat orange peel. But he prayed a simple prayer and Daddy got involved. What's our walk like? You see, my dad was my best friend. I miss my dad every day. We worked together, laughed together, argued lots, and loved each other. One day, when he wasn't even there, I said to someone else, my old man. And I felt as I dirtied our relationship. Because my relationship with my dad was so precious to me. He was so important. Every major decision of my life, I would sit and talk with dad. And we'd meet together and just chat. And we'd often spend hours sitting doing nothing because when you're in that relationship... Friends do that. A good interpretation of a friend is someone who doesn't mind wasting time with you. And God loves wasting time with us. As Abba, Daddy God. So why can't we enter this? Why do so many Christians struggle to enter the Abba-Father relationship? Why can't we walk with the Father as Jesus did? Why can't we... Why do our prayers seem to get through? Why does Father so often seem silent? And most times it's because we're coming to a great big God somewhere up there. Instead of an Abba God who's prepared to reach down here. There are blockages that stop us saying Abba. And I want very briefly this morning... Just headline those blockages that we can look into in more detail at another time. The first one is so many people nowadays have had a bad example of a father. Your earthly father failed you, let you down, maybe walked out on you, bullied you, abandoned you. And for those people, the very word father hurts because that gap has never been filled. That person wasn't there. That person let them down. And so when you say, 
come to Father Abba God. They say, well, I can't because I've got this pain of the past. And you watch others who are enjoying all that God has. And you say, but I don't seem to be able to enter the fullness of that. Because it's too dangerous and too painful. And it's hard when something's hurt you. It's hard when something has been so painful to come again. And it's hard to trust an Abba God who says, let me hold you in my arms. Let me heal those wounds and those hurts. Can you be brave enough this morning to say, yeah, Abba Father hurts me so much to say, but I'm going to break into that because I want to have a relationship with a Father. Can you allow the Holy Spirit just to heal the damage that your Father did so you can understand a Father God? That's a painful thing to do. And it may be you say, well, that's too much for me. Let me give you a word of advice. Find a friend you trust and say, pray with me. Pray with me. Help me to break through this because I want to know the Father God that Jesus talked about. I want to know the Abba Father whose hand I can hold when I'm in trouble. I want to know the Abba Father who won't let me down. Bad example. Second area where people struggle to have a relationship with Abba God is because it hurts. You tried in the past and at church or in Christian circles, it hurt. Something got at you and you thought, I'm not doing that again. And you hid outside. You maybe go to church, you maybe enjoy the services, but you keep a barrier between you and the intimacy with God because you got hurt. And you're not going to get hurt again. And so you haven't given up. You're still a Christian, but you're at a distance. You're looking from afar. And there's something inside you that says, I'd love to have the intimacy that everyone else in the church seems to have, but I'm at a distance. But the last time I tried, it hurt. And, and I don't want that. Sometimes, you know, I would take my son to play football in the park, and one of us would be in goal, and we'd be messing about and kicking the ball and, and, and all the rest of it. And you'd often notice, there on the side would be another child, watching from a distance. Too nervous or frightened to come and say, can I join in? But longing to join in. And often after a while, my son would go over and say, hey, do you want to play? And the face would light up. And the grin would be there and he'd say, yeah, I want to play. And the kiddie would come and join in. And often we'd have three or four others would just join in. Jesus was with the Father and the Father said to Jesus go and ask the world if they want to join in go and ask the world if they want to experience the love that we have, the relationship that we have, go invite them to play and Jesus came down to earth and they said why are you here? and he said I want to introduce you back to Father I want to restore that relationship do you want to join us? Come and play. 
And there's so many people standing on the outside saying, I'd love to be able to do that. I'd love to hear God speak like that. I'd love to hear, see miracles or prophets. Jesus says, come on, come and play. Yeah, but in the past, people hurt me. In the past, when I did things in church, things went, it doesn't matter. Jesus says, come on, I've got a safe place for you. Come and hold my hand, and together we'll go and see Father. Third area where people have a blockage is they have a concept of this great big God. That's when I wish I had a deep voice, by the way. My voice never broke when I was younger, it just sort of cracked around the edges, you know? So you hear all these people and they go, oh, I can't speak like that. So, but you want a big God, lots of reverb. And, and people have this concept of this great big God. And they say, how could I come as a little me, this insignificant me, to this great big God? And we forget that right back in the beginning, God used to like walking in the garden with Adam. Came down to Adam's level and walked with God, with Adam, with Adam. Now, in the denomination I used to work for, we had a very big man, Tom. I won't say his surname. And Tom was the leader of the denomination, and Tom was a Yorkshire man, and he was big, and he was just a, a presence. And for some reason, I still don't know why, I invited him to come and preach at our little church. And then I was terrified of Tom coming and seeing my house, and, and I wasn't good enough, and I didn't know what to do. And when Tom came, he was sitting in the lounge, and I sort of went into the kitchen with my wife for a moment of, ah! and I went back in, and Tom was laying on the floor, and my children were jumping up and down on his belly. You see, that great big man that I was almost intimidated by was big enough to get down to my children's level, and my children played with him. And do you know that man was such a friend to me because I learned that he wasn't a great big man he was a man that could reach down with his hand and love people and God isn't a great big God of course he's a great big God but he makes himself small to come down and say I'll hold your hand I'll help you I'm Abba Daddy, come on the next fear that comes up is a fear of not belonging or not being welcome and being dirty. I'm not as good as them. I can't do the things they do. I, I can't pray the way that one prays and I can't read the Bible the way that one does. And I can't do the handy work in the church that that one does. I'm not good enough. And if you knew the things that were going on in my life, and if you knew the things that I've done, you'd say, well... Yeah, okay. But God doesn't say that. The Bible says that God, it's like a father looking out of his window, longing for his filthy, dirty son to come back so he can run out and embrace him and hold him and hug him and clean him and restore him. And right now we're saying, I'm not good enough, I'm dirty and I'm messy and, and what have you. And God is saying, just come. Just come. Come and know me because I want to make you a new person. I want to cleanse you. I want to give you a new life. I want to be Abba. Father. The final one is I don't deserve it. I haven't done enough. If only I'd preached more. If only I'd witnessed more. 
if only perhaps I'd told my friends about Jesus more, and maybe if I'd spent more time at the prayer meeting, or maybe I'd spent more time... I don't deserve the love of Abba God. This is a big one. A lot of people battle with this. Because they think, I haven't achieved. I don't achieve what the saints have achieved. And I, don't, uh, I haven't achieved what the pastor achieves. And I haven't achieved what the Sunday school teacher achieves. And we set levels. And we say, if I can achieve that level, then maybe Abba Father will get to know me. But I'm not good enough yet. I haven't achieved it. Do you know my children? I love them to bit. Mad as a bag of frogs at times. But I love my children. But do you know when they were born? They had done nothing to deserve my love. Yet I loved them uncontrollably. When my son and my daughters were born, I didn't say, well, I'll wait a couple of years to see if you've deserved it. You know, when my son um, used to get us up in the night for feeding, I didn't say, well, actually, son, you haven't deserved it. You haven't cleaned the windows yet. And you haven't painted the car, so you can't have that feed until you deserve it. Do you know, when my son was born, he didn't deserve, but he got loved unconditionally. And Father says to us, no, you haven't deserved it. You haven't earned it. You haven't reached a level. But that's okay, because I don't need you to. I love you for who you are, and I love you for where you are. It's not about what you've done. It's not even about what you might have done. It's about who you are. And right now, Father God wants to say to you, I love you. Come and see me. And he reaches out his hand. See, we are in a situation where God is stretching us in ways we don't understand because he's trying to teach us the reality of love. God is trying to teach us what it is to be loved. God is trying to teach us what it is to be in a love relationship. And for some of us, that's so scary. And Jesus came to show us the way. And they said, Jesus, teach us. Teach us. And he said, just go, go aside. Go and be quiet. And spend time with Daddy. This morning, God wants to face some of your fears. And wants to challenge you to dare to call him Abba. He wants you to come through the death of Jesus. Accept the blood of Jesus that washes you clean. And stand before daddy. I always called my father dad. But if I was ever in trouble my mother would say. Your father's home. And I knew I was in trouble. But otherwise she would say. Dad's here. And we'd run out to meet him. This morning, Jesus is holding out his hand to lead you into Daddy's presence, to share with you his Daddy, to show you the walk of being a Christian. Jesus is saying, and has been saying for a long time to some of you, look, Dad's here. Come and see. This is a painful thing for some of you, and I fully accept that. But this morning, Father God wants to get down on his knees next to you and say, I'm here. 
And he wants you just to say one word to him. Abba. Daddy. And invite him to come. Let's pray. Wherever you are at the moment, whenever you're watching this, just take a minute and just ask God to become your Abba, your Daddy. And tell Him quite openly that it's hurting, it's difficult, you're struggling because of this or that. And allow Him to begin to heal those wounds. He won't belittle them, He won't run away from them. He'll just heal them. It starts with you just saying, Abba, Daddy, please come. Lord God, thank you. Because you do keep coming. Jesus, thank you that you came and you died to open the way for us to know Abba Father. Pray this morning that for each one of us, you will just pour out some of your healing oil, pour out a deliverance. But Lord, lead us so we can stand in the presence of Abba, Daddy. And Lord, God, help us to learn what it means to be able to say Abba and to walk with you. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen.